right, Dan, how's it going? You enjoy your yesterday's wonderful, stupendous performance? I know it doesn't sound like it, but I do usually make notes before we do these. Yeah. I haven't written one fucking word for this. Because there's, there's nothing to say. About the actual, there's nothing to say about the actual game. I, I just, I, in fact, all the goals have a bit of a blur now, and I'm not sure I could pick any of them out. <laughs> it's like usually when pe- people who say I've run out of superlatives don't actually know what a superlative is. Sure. But when I say I'm running out of diminutives, <laughs> right. I actually am. It is just the shittiest. They are just the shittiest wankiest weakest most indolent bunch of useless complete and utter gobshite morons it's yeah. ever been my misfortune to witness in a red shirt yeah 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 i, I and cowards as well big big <laughs> fucking cowards and none of them could not one of them could face up to that moment and try and make a difference even try they, and make a difference they're so wet yeah really desperately pathetic and I just don't know how I don't know how you fix that because I don't know that they're uh, having a new sacrificial manager in there is, is going to be enough. And it was just so desperate. You know, at four nil down, suddenly they started running around and pushing. What was the point at that point? Because the pre- I don't know. Is it because the pressure was off? It was be- because they were trying to save themselves. Like, because imagine like four nil to Brighton. This is going to sound totally melodramatic, and it is. It is one of the worst results in my time watching United. Yeah. It does not in the terms of the fact that it means anything, but in terms of the quality of team who you've just been absolutely schmeissed sure, by. yeah. Have you not... United won't have lost 4-0 to very many worse teams than that, or been more thoroughly turned over. Brighton's annual... Wa- I, I know this is, like, reductive, but I'm going to do it anyway. Brighton's annual wage budget is about £35 million. Ronaldo's annual wage budget is about 25 million. Like they're just yeah, and I'm not. It's it's night and day. Brighton uh, punching above their weight, being in the Premier League. They're a good team, Brighton. When I say they're the worst team United, I don't I don't mean the Brighton are crap. They're 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 a nice they're a nice team. They're a good team, even if Graham Potter does look like David from Guess Who. But um, <laughs> that's just the worst beard ever, and it looks like his face is beard or his beard yeah. is face. I don't. I'm not sure which way around it is. But they're a good team, but. United getting gubbed 4-0 by a mid-table team is... Sure. I can think of not that many times United have been beaten 4-0 in the t- at all. Like there was 4-0 to Forest just before the cup final in 1990. Yeah. They lost 5-1 to Watford just yep. before the cup final in 1985. That was the time my dad knew that he had to take me. I was five and um, six. And... He got back from the game, having sneaked off without telling me he was going because he was going without me. And United had been beaten 5-1. I was still pissed off that I haven't been. <laughs> no, there are very few examples. I mean, although, of course, got drugged 4-1 by Watford earlier this season. <laughs> that was bad. That was, that was, oh my God, that was, that was, that was, that was very I, bad. But they were in that game for, like, they were in that game for longer. Sure, yeah. I mean, yes, they, they weren't in this, this game. I mean, if you didn't watch the game yesterday... But yeah, they are also... Watford are worst. But it, I, I guess 4-1... If we give a 4-1... I mean, QPR... 4-1, you're opening up a few more. Spurs in 96. Um, QPR in 92. QPR, Old Trafford, yeah. Not, yeah. Um, maybe there's some other... I saw United get beat 4-0 by Tottenham at Easter in 1987. 
that right. Spurs were Spurs were really good. And that was that was a very sobering afternoon because it was like, fuck me. We are so, so far away from how good Spurs were that day. Yeah, sure, yeah. Spurs were so Mitchell Thomas scored an overhead kick that day. Almost scored a <laughs> hat trick. But where well, United were just abs that was it was United were dreadful and so far off Tottenham. Whereas this team, they are dreadful, but if Ten Hag signs four or five players this summer and three of them are proper, and that's not beyond the realms of possibility, because I'd say like you would assume that with budget you sign three or four players. It is not difficult to pick players who will make this better. And then sure. if you also bear in mind that we're getting rid of Matic, Mata, Cavani, Pogba, Lingard, yeah. just just those Jones by E. Yeah, um, even get just rid of in, them. Yeah, just, they're, going, they're going somewhere. They won't be United, yeah. even if they have to give them away. Yeah, just yeah. in wages, that's, that's probably... A million, million pound a week, yeah. That's that's yeah. a, that's at least worth one fifty million pound player, isn't it? Or yeah. you might get sure, two yeah, good yeah. ones out of it. And yeah. so, and then if you get in some transfer fees, if you get rid of Martial as well for a few quid, you get rid of Dean Henderson for a few quid. That's another player. I, I, I don't say this like I'm playing football manager here or like I have any confidence in United to do all of these things. But it like Matematic, Cavani, Lingard, Pogba are going. They will not. Like it's not not possible that they'll be at United next season. You don't think Juan Matas played his way into a new five-year contract then? <laughs> no, um, no, you're absolutely right. The, the headroom is there to make the changes. Now, in the last 10 years, they've been unable to do any more than sort of three deals a summer. Clearly, they're going to have to do more than that. Yeah, what's interesting here is also that because it's so crap, and it's so, it's so crap, because it's so crap, you don't have the pro forma you don't have the pro forma of the previous manager so if sure. you think about it Moyes inherited the champions but we can be honest Moyes was shit obviously but that team was finished yeah Ferdinand Vidic ever were finished yeah, yeah Van der Sar had gone already Van Persie was old Rooney was near enough finished that team needed a whole effort Moyes didn't do it but he didn't do because he only got Fellaini in didn't do that much then Van Gaal obviously wouldn't decided he'd rather have Ander Herrera than Tony Kroos and sold. I mean, hit the business van Van Gaal did set United back a long time. Like he uh-huh. he did some absolutely like he should be in the Hague for what he did to United. <laughs> really, like sort of get like basically giving heavens away and signing yeah. Rocco who never played. Yeah, even yeah. just the little shit like he gave away Michael Keane and kept Tyler Blackett. Yeah, like, what on yeah. earth are you seeing there? Not that we want Michael Keane, but still, that is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But getting rid of Hernandez for nothing and replacing him with Falcao, who, although he had a big willy in that picture of the tracksuit bombs, that was literally the best thing he did, more or less, while he uh-huh. was at United. Um, Herrera, not cancelling a deal for Tony Gross to get Herrera, selling yeah. Raphael for nothing and bringing in Darmian. Like that, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling that he did those things. The challenge is... For the last 10 years, United have had this belief that the the saviour will come and the saviour is a manager and each time it's not the case. And they've been let down by the board and whatever structure is there around around that. Sure, but they've had that you know, oversight. The, the noises appear to be that Ten Hag will also have that oversight. So we're also going to have him get stuff right. You know, and he may have an analyst and a chief scout and he may have Murtar in there and all of that now. But still, the club's got to get it right. 
He's got to get it right. He's got to be good. But I think the Messiah is really what it needs. The only reason Liverpool are able to compete is because of that. City have got stay wealth, so it's different because they can just keep... They don't make... They haven't made that many mistakes, but they can keep making them. And it's a funny sure. thing with that City squad because what they actually have is if you, if you said to me you've got free reign of every squad in the world to build your squad, from City, who am I taking, really? Like the only one I would 100% take and put into my first 11 is Foden. Then Cancelo and De Bruyne you're thinking about. What City have got is obviously they've got a brilliant manager who understands how to play this precise way of playing. And they've got so many good players and so many options, but they don't have very many of the best players in the world. But the thing at United, what they United have been trying to do is trying to sign the best players in the world every time. And, and getting it wrong. And each time. manager's having to de- yeah, each manager's having to deal with the mess that the manager before him left, where you've got players on big wages who you can't shift, who are kind of so good that you've sort of got to pick them and good enough that they sometimes play well, but not really good enough and fitting into a coherent hole that are gonna get you to where you got to be. Yeah. Whereas Ten Hag is coming in where he is going to have, he is going to be able to say, this is how he's, he will, he does have, he doesn't know how he wants to play. And he, because he needs so many players, he can basically decide how he wants to play. He might get it wrong and he might get it wrong in the Premier League to begin with, who, but, but he does have quite a lot of, he's got so much room for improvement. That's the first thing. Well, look, the, the, the fans will give him some leeway because it can't be worse than this. It just can't be. But what if it could? What, what if it could? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. If it goes wrong, if, if they don't make a series of changes and it's you know, given six players are going but and a few of the fringe players go as well and I don't know, maybe they only do the three deals and they aren't quite right and it goes wrong in the first 10 games the next season, he's going to be in real trouble. He's going to be in real trouble. The thing about him is that if he gets a good pre-season in order to, and he gets the players in early on, then because well, he he's... Do. Right, so no because he's a good... So because he's meant to be a good coach and a good tactical coach, he should be able to inculcate into them how he wants to play in pre-season so that even if he doesn't buy the best players, he's just going to buy players. We're going to have a defensive midfield player next season. We will have one. Yeah. And even if he's not a good one, it will be better than, than any of the cunts who are, who are playing there now. <laughs> it, 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 just, it, it, it will be better. And it might not, it might be a player, you might sign a couple of players that you think you have to replace them again if you want to get proper good. But just having them will make you better. Like, I'm, even though, funny thing is, I actually thought Dallow was our best player yesterday. Such an accolade, as whatever an accolade that is. But just yeah. if, we have a, if we have a right back next season, who isn't any of the right backs that we have now, we'll be better. Might not be better enough, but we'll be a lot better than where we are and what we are. So if you just give Bruno Fernandes two good players next to him, like whatever, then he'll be better. I, I mean, what's ahead of him might be a problem, but, uh, you know, we'll come to that one, I guess. But if you have the ma- yeah, if you have the manager drilling them, saying this is how you play and this, this is what is necessary, then that will get the most out of the players, that even, if you, even if they're not that good. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you're right about the attackers. Well, we talking about like Alanga yesterday. It was pretty dreadful, yeah. I can see why he could be good, but now to think that he's going to be good. 
He, I mean, he's been thrust into the the team because he had to be, really, because United lost Greenwood, Cavani's never fit, Martial was sent out on loan, and there was the 37, soon to be 38 year old up front. So he uh, and Rashford's been in the toilet form wise for what two years now. So it's uh, and and as we found out this week, he asked for a forward in the January transfer window and was denied. Um, brave, brave man, Ragnar. He's uh, well. I guess he's not that brave. Every every press conference, he just goes a little bit further. He really does. He is a fucking shit manager, though. <laughs> he is a shit manager. Sure, he's been a disaster from a, a purely <laughs> management point of view. He's got nothing out of these players, and in fact, you know, they appear to not respect him at all because they just don't care. How, and yet, he uses the word whomever. What? That, that's one other reason I hate these players. <laughs> the thing about Alanga is that the stuff about him that isn't currently good enough is stuff it's hard to see improving. It's not decision-making. Yeah. It's not just finishing. It's, it's the touch. If you're yeah. touch, if you like, at seven, if you think about the, the best players that you've seen, like, or just good players, at 17, 18, 19, their touch is there. Like, yeah. who knows if Garnacho is going to make it for United or Manu is going to make it for United. But look at them on the ball. Just look at them yeah, on the yeah. ball. It's just, it's a different world to allow. And Rednick knew it as well. And uh, he actually said it in one of his presses as well, where he said, Alanga needs the ball in front of him. Where he can't get at it. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, don't play it into his feet. It's like, it's like Park. It's like Park. I know Park is a good player, blah, blah, blah. But he was, if you think about all the wingers you've seen at United, tell anyone who oh, sure, wants yeah. to chastise me for one bout say about Park, list the best wingers you've seen at United and tell me where Park is. But, yeah, and I, even though like, I enjoyed him, and when you, when United were breaking, his movement was great, his energy was great. But you're sort of hoping that, that he was the decoy. Usually, I was anyway. The ball go the other way. Yeah, um, but Elanga, I guess he could. There's no reason why he couldn't supply that. But his touch and his finishing are just why are they why are they going to get better? You've been playing football your whole life, and then yeah. And it's a shame because, I, I mean, when I saw him playing for the youth team and the, um, the age group teams, I really liked him. And I hadn't, it didn't look, I mean, I, I guess I hadn't seen every game where it didn't, it didn't look like this was going to be a problem. So it's a strange one because then that makes me think, is it the pressure? Is it just having to do it more quickly? More quickly, players closing you down. Yeah. Maybe I just hadn't seen enough of him because I hadn't really, any, yeah. people that, wa- I mean, I do watch the, the age group teams when I can, but people who've watched more of them than me, I hadn't, no one has said that to me. Elanga's problem was actually technically wasn't good enough. Mm. But technically, yeah, he's not good enough. There's plenty of other players in this team that are technically not good enough, mind you. <laughs> That's true. Tellez was dreadful again yesterday. Victor Lindelof uh, did his best impression of uh, Aaron Maguire who's on the bench. He's not even calm. Lindelof, oh, God, no, he panics. Which is, you know, we were talked about this a long time ago when he, when he yeah. said that his, on the day that he signed that his best characteristic was his calmness, which I said had alarm bells ringing for me because that was also my best characteristic. But he isn't even, <laughs> he isn't even it. He's not even He's not he was lying. Or if his calmness is his best attribute, let's say it is, then that really does, we now know that actually it probably is better than his heading and his strength and his pace and his tackling and his yeah. I don't know man his I'm, nickname is apparently the Iceman because he melts under the slightest bit of heat right? yeah yeah exactly yeah. Uh, Mane, I, I you know I, he's, I know he's, he's, he has had a dreadful season he's had oh. a dreadful season he's also a really mediocre player just from a kind of tactical perspective he, he just feel like 
he hides from the ball all the time. Yeah. And he does, because when he gets the ball, he can't do anything with it. He hides um, in the shadow in the shadows. But he, he, he was yeah. he looked he I mean, he was one of those players who I the the first year when when Mourinho started picking him, it looked like it was the same as like, yeah, like taking a shit on the dressing room floor, writing the team on the board in the shit. Like just I'm gonna pick Stock McTominay because like just Mourinho being annoying. I couldn't believe how bad he was. I remember he had one really good game against Chelsea at home, which I think was maybe the only time the Kaku actually played well for United in a big game, pretty much, apart from Paris. And but I couldn't. And then the following year, he was actually I started to see it. That he was one of the best things about United's midfield, which was a low bar, admittedly, but he started to play well in big games in the way that Fletcher had. He started to put himself about physically. He was actually quite. Could, could be quite a good finisher and he was a good ball carrier and that he, none of this met at the time it was more was that and through last season that this guy would be quite a good first or second reserve to have around sure not good enough but this season he's been horrendous yeah look he's pretty bad when fred's around and he makes fred look good and all of them look better when they don't have to do any defending and it doesn't right, he, he's got no manumatic he, alongside him who just doesn't do anything anymore so. <laughs> he is out of position. I mean, McTominay is an um, same as Fred. Like they're both not good enough number eights with different. Yeah. Like McTominay is a physical ball carrier who's quite good around the edge of the box if you can get him in space to shoot. Fred is more of like a ratter who occasionally produces moments of surprising quality. But there was the, just the Freddest moment yesterday when he's got the ball on the right of the box and he's in a decent position and he tries to feed someone in. And he underhits a pass that's about four yards, and he under and it's just the absolute carelessness of Fred. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's always been it, 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 that will never change with him. Yeah, the unbearable carelessness of Fred. Um, <laughs> the title of his autobiography. It's just I despair with these, but I think a decent manager get them playing in the right positions. They'll be okay, rotation players or whatever the modern phrase for that is, but. They're not. They're not. They're not good. Players. Try to mentally make a case of okay, good manager gets them playing in the system, knows what he wants, is strong and firm enough with the board that they're not going to sign their next celebrity player who's on a free or whatever, who who becomes available. Like make all of that case, and then even then, of the eleven out there today, how many would you actually have in your ideal team next season? Like Bruno, is that it? Varane, if he's ever fit, that'd be about it. And then off the bench, not many of them either. So it's pretty desperate stuff. And I guess that's feeding into it in part because so many of them know they're going. And so many of them have lost that 5, 10, 15% extra. I can sort of understand why they're losing games like Brighton, even not 4-0, but why you might lose that game in this situation. The beef really is with the indolence sort of up to that Arsenal game. Like once they lost to Arsenal, it was over. And they actually played all right, could have beaten Arsenal. But the weeks before that, Leicester, um, yeah. fuck it. Um, well, who was the gate? Uh, Everton. When Everton, top four yeah. was still right there. And yeah. to not have the moxie to even wipe your own ass is, I find that really hard to understand. And sure. I understand, we all understand, tossing it off at work. There's not one person alive that hasn't, uh, that hasn't done that. And hasn't, and hasn't, and hasn't endured. <laughs> I've got a story 
about that that I'm wondering. <laughs> oh, I don't think I can tell it. To not even be bothered to wipe your own ass. Yeah, yeah. When you're talking about, and we've all, we've all not, we've all turned it in at work, but you still like always, you have like some level of pride in what you do if you like what you do. And what's really hard to understand and what we often forget is the sacrifice, what it takes for these guys to get where they are. To get here, yeah. Yeah, is immense. And it just seems like, it's not for me, like, it's not for me to tell anyone how hard they need to work, really. Like, I try, they always try and be on the side of labour, not on the side of capital. So, and on the side of the worker, not on the side of the bosses. But it's more, it's like, it's a personal pride thing at some level. Why can't you be... Well, plus, uh, they're under scrutiny, right? They know they're being watched, and they know they were being watched providing that level of effort and focus maybe they're so at one with their ego this is that they actually feel they're so at one with their ego that they actually feel that it doesn't matter they don't need they don't need to do well because they're such wonderful people this is shafali sabari the the child psychologist would probably be quite pleased with this kind of behavior that they're so comfortable in their own skin that they don't care but they're appearing on television every week, making complete wankers of themselves. And I don't mean even in the football pitch, but... Just pick a few of them out and, and look at their behaviour, and I think there's something in that, right? So Harry Maguire's sister going on Instagram saying he's been one of the best players at the club. Harry giving it the big I am in every interview. Ronaldo flapping his arms and laughing when things don't go right. Cavani deciding when he's fit. Not the doctor's. He was just like, look at these wankers, like that laugh. Well, he might have been doing that. He might. That was like that. that was somehow a mixture of incredulity and resignation. He was incredulous at the degree to which they'd taken it, and he was also resigned to the fact that this is what they do. And it was just that yeah. real combination of like, if you're it, Mark, I'm not setting Ronaldo up as the moral centre of this team at all. He's a prick, and I'm just saying. But like the way he sees himself. I can un- well understand why he was laughing. I was, but I sure. was like sort of laughing at that as well because if you think about, yeah, there are lots of worse things that we make jokes about than Man United. So to not laugh at them to me would feel very weird. So maybe that's what Ronaldo's doing. The, the, the wider point is that I think there's a lot of players here who who feel some sense of entitlement about where they've got to now, and that that hunger when they were younger to to make it to the top has gone for whatever reason, right? And I didn't even bring up Lingard, who apparently expects some kind of testimonial. And, <laughs> uh, and De Gea, who's, who comes out after every game now, refused to do any press for like the first eight years at the club and now comes out after every game and says, we're, we're the worst thing that ever happened, basically. <laughs> he is extreme. But that's because he's a golf. But he is also extreme. He has become extremely, an extremely loquacious golf in recent weeks. You're right. yeah you pretty much commits harry carry in without without the sword so it's just such a awful horrible mess and obviously ragnick has no has no control of this there's one sense that you know he comes out and blames everyone else as well or he calls them out or whatever i don't know whether the players see the difference in that so they've obviously given up on him it's just there are some of these players that will have to come out again and play for united next season how close are they to fully burning their bridges? <laughs> don't, don't do <laughs> You're ruining my day here. I think we were saying that United were crap. Yeah, in various <laughs> different ways. But so which yeah. players, 
which players are you going to be United next season? And when I look at them, it's really weird. Because if you said to me, which individuals do, I, do you think aren't trying hard enough? I would actually struggle to put a finger on them and say that one. I mean, it feels more like it's a collective lack of intensity is maybe a better sure. way of describing it than... I mean, but... And, because it's Victor Lindelof not trying hard enough. I don't know. Like, the best I can say there is I don't know. I agree in that I don't think I could pull out some and, and make it so reductive as to go, yeah, yeah, you're not trying hard enough. There's a lack of intensity, for sure. I mean, we there was a lot of talk when Rangit came about the press that I don't think any of them pressed once yesterday. There were just there's just nothing from the front, soft through the middle, and a complete horror show at the back. <laughs> so, but other than that, it's, but other than that, yeah, we're getting into Moy's territory here, aren't we? Well, first attracted you to the famous Man United. Oh man, <laughs> That's it. yeah, it is. I mean, uh, it's one of those situations where, it, yeah, and I keep saying it, but it's and. I don't feel like I'm manusplaining to myself, but because it's so shit, it almost feels like it's easy to get much better because you are just clearing them out. Like, and then you come in and it just, it's something completely fresh. It's not Ole yep. trying to build his own team, but without enough money whilst dealing with all the dickheads that Mourinho signs. Yep. That's the hope, isn't it? That's, that's the hope. On which point, Pogba. Yes. Can I raise him? How would, you, how would you feel if he went C? It's not quite the case that the, all the negatives of Pogba have beaten the potential good of Pogba out of my brain. There are definitely some points, even this season, but very few, where I've enjoyed watching him play. Uh, probably more true of having seen him for the national team for France where I go, oh, you know, there's a player in there. There's a, there, there's something magnificent in there. So that part of my brain, given that I've now accepted he's definitely leaving and will never achieve anything for United, would be very sad to see him go to City. The other part that's like, well, he's now dead to me, I, I don't care that much. Uh, I, I've been deeply cynical. You know, soonest levels are cynical about Pogba. I might go, well, maybe it'll fuck them up too. Um, but I don't know whether that'd be actually true. So f- footballistically, footballistically speaking, as Wenger would say, do you think that he would... Who's, would you be, do you think we'll be sat here? Let's say he went to City. Are we going to be sat here? Would you be sat in two years' time saying, I told you? Or, oh, I knew it. I think there's more chance he'd be given a platform to showcase what he can do, the good parts of him. Um, but why, who's doing his running for at him? At City, potentially. But, I mean, well, yeah, no one in the current City midfield. But, but they're going to sign a whole bunch, probably because Gundogan and, and Fernandinho is definitely going. Because, oh my gosh, what a heartwarming moment that was. Um, Fernandinho crying when, at the end of that game being hugged by Guardiola. Oh, that elevated my week, that did. Yeah. The, the Lingard, the, the Lingard send-off, as we should call it. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a thought experiment anyway, because realistically this is... I was going to say Pogba's agent, but Pogba's agent is now sleeping with the fishes. So um, whoever is on Team Pogba that's uh, trying to genie up a move to Paris Saint-Germain or Real Madrid or whoever will pony up the money to, to take him next, presumably. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I 
I can't see that he would fit very well into a Guardiola. Like Grealish can't fit in. It's the same thing. Right. Like a player who slows it down, can do beautiful stuff, but they're not... It's very hard to fit a kind of player like that into a team yeah, sure. that wants to play the way that the game... The way that the best teams play now, or at least the way that, Mo, that Liverpool and City play with that kind of energy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I would... I mean, I, I, I wouldn't care if Pogba went to City particularly from a football perspective. I don't think that he would go there. He might go there and do some important stuff that won them stuff because he is obviously capable of that. Not that we've seen very much of it, but in terms of like making them a better team, I don't see that the Pogba would be capable of doing that. But Yeah. I, I, I think he'll end up outside of England anyway. And, and I, maybe, maybe at Paris Saint-Germain, he'd find the right kind of fit. I mean, they've got plenty of those kind of players that do the running for him right now. It's it's uh, well, in Paris the though. In midfield, but imagine if you've got a team with Mbappe, Mbappe, Messi, Neymar, and Pogba in it. Yeah, I mean, definitely got some, uh, definitely got some room for uh, a blow up there. That is, yeah. There's not a huge amount. Yeah, you're not pressing from the front with that lot. No. I'm, well, they don't do uh, as it is, and that's that's part of the re- reason Pochettino is so desperate to get out. And yeah, yeah Paris do yeah. sort of need some class in midfield. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're going to lose Mbappe by the looks of it. Although there were, were reports this week that he's been offered a hundred million euro signing bonus. I suppose when you're a state-run club, that doesn't make any difference. Just stick an extra zero on. What difference does it make? So, so anyway, he's going to go, and so is. Matic and Mata and probably Tellez and Dallo will be sold because why on earth would you keep them? Because they're both dreadful. Uh, and there's three or four on the bench yesterday that... I think we'll still have uh, Tellez next season. I don't see who... will still have Tellez? Who's ponying uh, up the money? Who's got... I don't think they'll have time to find someone to pony up the money almost. That I don't think the left-back will be a position that gets addressed this summer. Well, they might give. They they might think they're addressing it by giving Luke Shaw a new five year contract. I suppose, uh, which could work. I mean, he's the yeah. The best I can say of him is he's the last fullback I'd sell. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not saying much, but yeah. No, Branson Williams. He's another one. Like you, you, you either get money for or get or keep and get rid of tellers. I guess. Sure. And but he's also obviously not good enough. I didn't think he was good enough when he had that breakthrough season. And he probably isn't good enough, but he probably is yeah. good enough to be reserve left back at some point. So, selling tellers isn't the problem. The wages might be. I, I'm, I was just trying to look up his salary in euros net. Really? Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know whether that's true, but that would, that would rule him out of um, almost anywhere in Europe. You also don't know what what Ten, Ten Hag is going to do with with the players that are coming back from loan and the younger players. I presume Gardner is going to be in the squad. Sure. He'll want to probably have a look at Laird, who might be in the squad. Yep. Although, I mean, he was doing quite well at Swansea, but Bournemouth, he hasn't, he's been he's struggling to get played, a game for yeah. Bournemouth. Yeah. And he gets injured a lot. Yep. Then, I mean, Rangnick obviously doesn't think that Hannibal's any good. If you think about how many games that Rang has had, yep. he's not picking Hannibal. He doesn't think that Hannibal is ready to be a United player at best. He doesn't think he's ready or doesn't think he's good enough at worst. Yeah. Yeah. The age he is now, even now it's Garnacho who's getting on the bench to yep. not play. 
it's not it's not Hannibal. He doesn't think. No, that no. Hannibal's I mean, good. I I could have said a couple of weeks ago that uh, he's not playing Hannibal because he's in Bruno's position and therefore, but he shifted Bruno out to the left wing to accommodate the youngster. Yeah, and he's playing matter. Yeah. He doesn't think that Hannibal's good, and which is, I mean, I guess a shame. I don't. If he doesn't think that Hannibal is good enough to even get on the bench for United now, sure. that's not really that doesn't really seem like it's saying. I don't think that Hannibal is ready. That it seems much more like he's saying, I don't think Hannibal is ever going to be a United player. Yeah, I'm sure may, about that. Maybe. I mean, maybe 10 hours. He might be wrong. Yeah. He might be wrong, but that's, that seems to me to be what he's saying. Yeah. Because if you think that he's got any... If Garnacho is getting on the bench. Yeah. And he's not getting on the bench, really, because he's going to bring him on to make a difference in the game. He doesn't. He's not going to do that. He hasn't done it. He's not bringing him on and giving him half an hour. So... To not be having Hannibal in that situation tells you that he's, yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's given Garnacho that time and Garnacho isn't ready, definitely. But he thinks he might be one day. He doesn't think that about Hannibal. That's the only way I can rationalise what's going on there. All righty. Uh, Brighton. We haven't even talked about the game or the goals. There's no point. It's a waste of time. Do you remember when Brighton came to United in is it the 91 F League? They played them in the League Cup and in the FA Cup in 91 or 92. And Brighton came in. They had their striped blue and white shirts. The they also shirts. had those. The shorts. Yeah, the well. shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had them with the shorts. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of the worst football kits I've ever seen, I think. So although, I, have that, I have that to say about the, Brighton. Um, early edition of what looks like United's kit. Next season, I don't know. Might be pushing them. It's got Liverpool pinstripes. I, I don't know if I've seen that. Is it the right shade of red? It's the right shade of red, but it's got pinstripes, which will always be well, like like Liverpool. a suit. Yeah, or a suit. So anyway, <laughs> that seems yeah. Uh, shall we should take a quick break and talk about the Youth Cup final and Palace? Yeah, let's do it. I don't watch enough of the under-18s to uh, have some kind of view on uh, all the players who are likely to play. I, I haven't got a first eleven or anything like that, but it's the first time United have been in the Youth Cup final since since uh-huh. the Pogba, Lingard, Morrison team, I think that's right. Which is, right? There's 50 yeah, thousand I mean, going to be at Old Trafford, so they've already sold 50,000 tickets. Watch, so. You watch that team play and they, yeah. they play proper football. And yeah, the players, there are a few that look like they might make it. Garnacho has got a lot better this season. Like he's just, I don't know if he's had a growth, like a physical development yeah. surge. Like he's, he's got a chance. Two who are, the, the, the players that I really like, the midfield players. Kobe Mainu, Isaac Hansen, Aaron and uh, Dan Gore. Player, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those three and those three together are dynamite they might not be at every level but in terms of what they could they just do a bit of everything like they're box-to-box players who can tackle and chase yep but they have the touch and imagination of proper attackers and I think we're seeing that through the game in general that just every player including some including the goalkeepers becoming technical yeah they're becoming they've got good feet and yeah they're Kobe Kobe Maynard is a beautiful player yeah, from what I've seen of him, I, I do like the look. And, and Isaac Hansen uh, looks like a sort of creative player as well. I, I, he had a dodgy, yeah, he's got... he had a dodgy, yeah, like whitewashed haircut like earlier this season, <laughs> so uh, which was no good. And and Dan Gore is also also yeah. excellent. So 
they're just, and they're all obviously just a, a little bit young to do probably do very much in the first team next season. I mean, Garnacho may, maybe is the closest just because he's a winger and it's kind of easier to play in that position because you've got less defensive responsibility, less tactical responsibility. Really and, nice goal a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? Again, was he against Liverpool? Sort of sprinting through and scored his right. He foot, scored yeah. a couple of them where he yeah. just so much faster. It's like yeah, like the kid who's hit puberty first, just so much faster than yeah. everyone else. So, I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they win. I mean, they're good and they've got every chance of winning. Fernandez can play a bit too. Yeah, not sure if he'll be quite a United player, but he's got, he's got a chance. He'll be. I think he'll be a good level. I think he'll play a good level. Daniel scoring a ton of goals. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just keep saying this, that not having him on the bench, I mean, it's a sort of a tricky one if you want him to play, if it means that, but if you want, because you want, you want him to get 90 minutes, you want him to play, and if you want to, but to, it's like Fergie did with Makeda. Like Fergie probably didn't think Makeda was going to be a United player, but if you've got a goal scorer in form and you need a goal, yeah. you're better to bring on a young goal scorer in form than a knob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If he's out. <laughs> I mean, it's sound advice there. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't get why Ralph hasn't done that. Because and what happens? It like think about what happened with Rashford. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. Rashford came because Martial was injured. He hadn't even really earned the opportunity or anything. No. He no, got a couple right. of goals and he got on a streak and yeah. he made a career out of it. And he wasn't. I don't think he was someone that everyone was sure about. He no. was probably a maybe, but he got a chance. He took it, and from that confidence, he just went on yeah yeah and they one of these kids could break through the only, the only thing i can point to is uh Rangnick said that he wants to bring these players on when united are three nil up but united were three nil up the other day and he didn't so and, and yeah and it's not it's it, and we were beyond that point we're four nil down to bright we're we're, we're, we're four nil down to brighton just like try and find something for us to feel happy about yeah Try and lift the spirits and just the same dickheads going round and round and round. And you get, and, it, and he stands there looking baffled as to why the same shit has happened. Well, when quite. you get the same thing that he, keep, that he keeps doing, that keeps working out like that. So, I mean, talking about, you know, maybe these kids will give us something. I mean, it's great that they're going to have a huge crowd and it's something to cheer about. They're playing Forest, which is nice, rather than Chelsea, who've won the Youth Cup like every year since they were able to farm players. Uh, basically, <laughs> uh, and new owners will uh, keep the same policy. I mean, Brexit is uh, impacting that somewhat. Um, I mean, it, it's a bright spot in a dark, dark season of crap uh, we've had from most of this football club. However, are we doing this now, or I don't know if we're doing it for the on the for the Patreon. So do you tell me? But this is actually. We lost 4-0 to Brighton yesterday. This has actually probably been United's best week in oh, yeah. many, many months. We'll, we'll talk about this on the Patreon. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, quadruple and uh, City blowing their European chances in exactly the same way that City blow their European chances every single fucking year. Uh, it's magical. Uh, and yet, this, this, this was probably my favourite one. <laughs> yeah well we'll come on to that in a bit all right one one more quick preview bit and we'll get into the backers content uh we got uh palace two weeks time no football next weekend um because i've played that extra game uh cup final next day i think so will he will he will he just like it's his last game 
Redneck's its last game, he's going to have some kind of loose consultancy thing after that. He's got nothing to lose. Is he going to play some of these kids? Is he going to take yeah. a shit on the centre circle or in the dressing room? Who knows? There's none of these players have earned their place, so he could pretty much do whatever he wants and get away with it. It's mad to think. Do you remember the last day of last season where Ole picked Langer yeah. and, and Ahmad and we won at Wolves? Yeah. And it was like, right, I cannot wait for next season to start. Uh-huh. I want next season to start now. Yes. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so, yeah, who knows? Um, it's Either side's got anything to play for, but obviously there's some, some momentum with Palace who I think in their terms have had a pretty good season. Sort of, yeah. They've made, they've made, they've got much better. They haven't. It feels like they're a team that, when you think about how good they can be when they're good, they should have more points than what they got. Yeah, I mean, where are they? They're about mid-table, right? They're tenth, tenth. There you go. Very, very definition of mid-table. Forty-four. Yeah. Points. So I actually read. I mean, it's obviously a nonsense rumor, so I'm not saying that we should talk about it. But I read that United were interested in Michael Elise. I mean, he's a lovely, he's a lovely footballer. He's a lovely footballer, yeah. and I'm not. I don't mean to say let's talk about Michael Lise playing for United just because we're playing Palace. He, when I watch Palace play, I mean, Easy is also a lovely footballer. He he really is, and Colin Gallagher's had a, a very old-fashioned sort of number eight. Colin Gallagher uh, loves to make the third-man runs. Uh, they've got some really nice footballers. Yeah, it's funny because Vieira wasn't someone that you thought was good Not would be good because he hadn't been good until this point. Yeah, um, he had zero record at all. So. Yeah, he was crap at Nice. Yep, he got fired at Nice and he got fired in the MLS. So, <laughs> uh, at all to say he was going to do this, but uh, he... And yeah, they've got him some good players yep. and he's done really well with them. And But yeah, Mike, when I watched him, Michael Elise looks like the one who I think you could almost immediately play at a high level. Sure. If um, he's one of those players who, if he went to City or Liverpool, he'd be he'd be good. Yes. <laughs> and if he went to us, he'd be good for three weeks. We'd and then destroy him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. Um, we're getting better and better. But yeah, and they're they're good to watch. Palace. I, I was pleased. I was very. I was worried they were going to win the cup semi actually because it sort of came when they were playing well, and the quarter, the semi even came when came when they were playing well. And I thought, well, if they played. If they played Liverpool or City this week, they would have a chance of beating them because they've got good players and they're playing well. But in six weeks, when they've been like messing about in the league for all that time, yeah. you definitely they won't be they won't be at this level. So I'm pleased. I'm pleased they lost to Chelsea because Chelsea got a much better chance of beating Liverpool than Palace would have now. Yeah, but I think there's a very strong chance they beat us in the last game. But very. I yeah. think it could be. I mean, it depends to what extent they can be asked. Yeah, yeah well, true. Uh, I mean, it got the, they're not in a downward spiral. That's, that's all you say. I mean, they, they yeah, yeah, very they're not in Southampton. The yeah. So, all right. I guess we'll leave it there. We'll talk about, we're going to talk about European, various European semis uh, and uh, uh, unbridled. Guardiola gets a European semi every year. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Ta-ra. Now.